Hey kids, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Booze. I'm your host, Jax, and it is not the weekend because this this past weekend, I guess I was just a little too busy. I forgot that I had a lot of plans this weekend, so I um, went and did top golf for someone that I know's fiance's birthday. That was really fun. I don't golf and I'm really bad at it. Point proven that night. That's okay. Um, and then Saturday was my wedding anniversary. So we were, we went to a really nice dinner and at like five ish cause we're 80. Uh, no, I don't like to eat. I We used to, when we were first dating, we would eat at like eight o'clock, like late and out. But now I'm like, eh, especially if I'm going to be drinking, I, I don't really want to eat late. Cause then it just makes me feel really like lazy later. You know what I mean? And tired. And I don't, some nights I'm fine for that, but Saturday I was like, no, I, I want to like hang out after, you know? So, um, so we went to a nice dinner that was really great, really delicious. We never go to this place. We've only been one other time and that was Valentine's day. And I think that was like, like three years ago or something like that or four. I can't remember, but yeah, it was, it was good, but it was very crowded, but not, you know, not at dinner the other night, but Valentine's day was crowded, but any hoosers. Nobody cares about that. All right, let me crack this because it's been sitting out for too long. It's the ectoplasm cider from Far From the Tree in Salem. <laughs> Leftover from October. Yes, yes, true. And I have my fancy, like, bone hand glass. I'm going to pour it so you can see how fun and green it is. So fun. I love it. It's almost like the grown-up version of the ecto-cooler. <laughs> Just kidding. No, because that was kind of gross. <laughs> All right, sorry, I wanted to take a quick pick real fast. <laughs> okay, so tonight's episode, actually, what else has been going on with me? Not really much. It's barely been, a, it's been like a little over a week um, since we talked last. I was trying to get in the swing of things. I'm going back to the gym officially. I talk to, I go to Orange Theory Fitness. I don't, I think it's all over the country, but if not, if you don't know, it's a hit interval workout class and you pay for classes and it's up to like, I think like 20-ish people per class, but sometimes they don't get that full. However, like the early morning classes and then the classes around like, you know, four or five will be really crowded because that's what everybody, when everybody wants to go. So um, I was going to, um, yeah, take advantage of getting back into it because I used to go a lot. Oh yeah, I didn't even explain what HIT interval training was. It's actually, it's high intensity interval training. That's what HIT stands for. And when I was in track like 20 years ago, um, which is so gross to say, but that we used, that was my workout. And I didn't know that that's what they were called, but it's a little bit of fast running. And then, but it's what they do with the running in Orange Day Fitness is it's like you're running at a regular pace, um, a kind of fast pace, a really fast pace, and then like a walk. So like they, they go like 30 seconds or 60 seconds at different paces and you know they give you time to breathe and you go you know really fast and then you have a nice long break and you know they either increase your speed or you can increase the incline or a little bit of both like they really you know accommodate you for that running like it's a but it is like a solid like 23 to 27 minutes of running I will warn everybody and then the other part of the workout is weights but they're circuit, it's like circuit training. So if you've ever done like different types of weight sets and so there's no barbell or anything, it's all free weights, body weight stuff, um, pikes, you know, not pikes, but like, you know, abs or butts and, you know, it'll target certain areas. And then there's like a screen that shows you actually what the exercise looks like and like a, like a, 
like a graphic of the person doing it all computer generated. But so anyway, but the other part of this is that if you don't get, cause I said it's split into two. So, but there's not as many or not enough, um, treadmills. So some people have to do the rowing machine. So if I go to these classes, the one thing that always made me really anxious was like, I ain't doing no row, rowing machine. Cause the other part of orange theory fitness is you want to get your heart rate up into the orange area for 15 minutes or more and get these splat points that will help for the next day to still be burning calories because you're in this specific heart target area. So like you wear a heart monitor and it like knows about you and stuff like that. So it seems a little intense. It's definitely not like wicked cheap, but it's really not that expensive considering like it's a, it's a workout for you. Like you're not making anything up. Like you go to do it and like they play good music and I, I really did like doing it. I just, I really wish I knew more people and like, I wish I could like make some friends. So that's kind of my goal is to like be a little more outgoing this time and really try to meet some, you know, just some people I can like hold myself accountable with, you know what I mean? And I, I really need that because it's just been so long. But anyway, so that's going to happen soon. And then, um, what else has been going on? Um, my birthday is coming up in like a little over a month, so getting excited. I think I'm going to spend the night in Salem and then, you know, if people want to come the next day and come spend the day and walk around, um, I was thinking of doing that. So that'll be really good because I haven't really been able to go to Salem this year. So I am really going to be looking forward to that. And only like one of my girlfriends is going to stay with me. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that too. So that'll be good. And then, um, I, yeah, I, Ooh, another big thing. I planned my, I booked my, let me say this, I booked my hotel for Texas Freightmare, so it's, like, official, it's happening, I'm staying Thursday to Monday, so, I just so that I'm not, like, leaving on Sunday and, like, I don't know, I just didn't want to, like, be running ragged, you know what I mean, so I'm gonna do that, and then I, I, yep, they announced Silver Scream Con 3, which I thought was kind of weird, um, it's fine. But it's in Worcester this year, which is actually way easier to get to for me than Danvers. So fuck yeah. The only problem is that it's in downtown Worcester um, at the DCU Center. So I, I, that might just be a tiny bit, can you know, but I, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So the only thing is, is that there's no, because I was like looking, I was like, well, I'm going to book the hotel now. Fuck it. It'll be like a hundred bucks. I'll just stay the Friday night. There's like no hotels right there. So either way I'd have to like Uber from somewhere or I'm just kind of like, damn it, that really is annoying, but better than going to Danvers. I'll just put it that way. But the only thing that stinks is that it's not near Salem. It's literally the op. It's, it's West. So, oh, well, oh, well, it'll still be really fun. So, and other things will be announced for Silver Scream Con, and I will keep everybody posted if you don't follow them. But I would recommend if you live in the New England area, if you want to come to a con, I, I would say it's a toss-up between this one and Silver Scream because, I mean, excuse me, this one and Terracon because now they got the DCU Center, so it's going to be way bigger. So um, it's not going to be like, I kept complaining, like it was just so tight and like, you know, whatever. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like out there and, you know, seeing all this familiar faces that I know at the conventions and stuff. So any hoosers, um, excited about that. And that's not till September, like, and Frightmare, Texas Frightmare isn't until like May. So I have tons of time and I, there's one other convention in New England in 
April, I want to say. I think one of the Monster Expos, or it's up in New Hampshire. There's, I think there's another one in the spring, at least in New England. But I'll see what, because that's kind of nice because it's local artists. So, like, I know a lot of the vendors there, which is really nice. Um, whereas, like, these bigger ones, I don't know everybody. I know, like, five. So, so I'm, I'm definitely excited about Monster Expo, whatever that, um, you know, other date comes out. I think it has. I just, it's been a bit since I double-checked. But that one, I only go for the day. You know what I mean? Just for the day. But yeah, that's all that's really going on with me. Just working and trying to figure out content for you guys because I, I feel like I'm kind of struggling with like, yes, we're still in season three, everybody, because I want each season to be 25 episodes because I'm crazy. Because I'm crazy. So I think this episode is like, oh God, I don't even know. Let me see one second. Oh, I can't do anything. Um, Actually, hold on. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, I think this is going to be 22. So I still have three, four, and five. So I still have three more episodes before I can start four. And I really wanted to start four next month because it's my birthday. Because then I was just going to, you know, bang out episodes of all my favorite shit, including an episode I've been dying to do, and I'm not even going to say it. But I feel like it should be pretty obvious. I've done one of these each season of this franchise. So if you know what's coming, then you know that this is like my favorite movie of all time. But we're going to do it different and I'm not even going to get into it. But so, you know, and I wanted to do, um, what else did I want to talk about next month? Well, I was thinking about doing like a Valentine's Day special because I know I I think I already did like a holiday slashers about like Valentine's Day, but I kind of wanted to come back and talk about some others, you know, like some other movies I've seen, like Lover's Lane and, you know, some other fun little movies I, I feel like should be added to that. And um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that. So we'll see, how, we'll see what I do because, I don't know, maybe I'll just, I don't know, <laughs> the, the, the anxious, like, you know, practical part of me is like, just do the fucking 25 episodes and just have those as, you know, your birthday ones and the Valentine's Day one to wrap it up and then start anew. So I'll probably just do that. You know, we'll see what happens. No rush because nobody's clamoring. (laughs) But anyway, I haven't even told you what we're going to talk about right now, though. So, I mean, I guess this could have been for my birthday, too, because this is like one of my absolute favorite movies. We are going to be talking about Netflix's The Babysitter, directed by McG. And if you've seen another movie from... I think it's 2011 or so. Oh, geez, 2015, sorry. So two years before this movie, some of the cast in The Duff is also in The Babysitter. So I thought that that was really interesting. It's not the same director and stuff, but McGee was involved in both of them. And it could also be a studio thing, too, where Netflix decided to, you know, hire the same production. I don't I don't know how all that works because this was definitely one of the earlier Netflix movies. So I also thought that that was kind of interesting. But yes, the Duff, the Duff is a comedy and it's um, the Duff actually stands for a designated ugly fat friend or whatever. So it, it's it's a. It's a, I really like The Duff. I thought it was really funny. I've probably talked about it before, but yeah. Any hoosers. So some of the cast, um, including Bella Thorne, Robbie Amell. Um, that might just be the two of them, right? But still, like it, it had a familiar feel, you know what I mean, to it if you'd seen The Duff, you know? Um, I, I really, I thought it was really smart. Anyway, and 
So yeah, so I remember when this came, that when the babysitter came out on Netflix, it was definitely like one of the first movies, or like one, at least one of the earliest. You know what I mean? Definitely in that like category, and you know I really like when comedy movies really own what they are, and Zombieland I think did it first, and that is like I don't and I don't don't quote me on this, but. It almost puts it like a comic book-ish, you know, feel to it with like words on the screen and them playing into the scene and, you know, kind of like in Zombieland, if you've seen it, you know what I mean, when he talks about the rules and things like that. And I definitely get the same similar vibes, except it's more like title card rather than like in the background when in Zombieland, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry if this is sounding weird, but it's it's more of like, you. I'll get into it when we get there. But I, I just, I like that when they're kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with this statement, but I really, I just like that this, this movie took a different turn rather than just being funny. It actually had some other like funny parts to it. You know what I mean? That weren't about just dialogue. You know what I mean? The editing in this movie, like just really good. All right. So let's get into it. And as always, when I talk about movies... <laughs> And I don't talk about anything else. I'm going to spoil it for you. So if you haven't seen it, careful. Because I'm giving it all away. <laughs> all right. So it starts off uh, in a funny scene in a nurse's... Oh, my gosh. In a nurse's office. And Cole, the main character, not wanting to get a shot. And the editing in this is, you know, amazing. And the title card kind of proves it. He's, like, getting hit in the head with a fucking, you know... Um, with a jelly bean, as we called it. Like a jelly bean ball. And... You know, I just feel like even the doctor scene that we just saw and like, it's like not even a minute, you know what I mean? Before the title card comes and it just like is a nice, bright, vibrant set. It's not white. And that's the one thing I noticed. Too. I was like, wow, there's not a lot of white in the background in this movie. And I liked that. I feel like that gives the movie character. And I don't know if it's because I'm looking at fucking Pinterest too much or if all y'all's houses on Instagram are just too fucking white. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just kidding. No, but seriously, who decided that an all-white kitchen was a good idea? Who? Because it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> no, it was too many of those, like, fucking flipping shows. I haven't really watched some of them, one of those in a while, but we were watching some for a bit to get some ideas, and then it just got crazy because everything just fucking looked the same. Okay. All right, back to the movie. So, yeah, so about that, that you know, dodgeball ball that he gets hit with, and then you see the title card, The Babysitter. So, you know, I just, and I really like the next scene when, you know, they're standing in front of the school and, like, everyone behind them is walking slowly, but, like, they're at normal speed. Like, that seems really cool. Like, I feel like those types of camera work or I don't know if that's CGI, I have no idea, but I'd love to know how that was done. It's probably so easy and I'm just an idiot, but I think that, like, not a lot of films have those kinds of elements to it like some some do because they're action or whatever but like this being like a horror comedy like you're I feel like right at the beginning too like you're not really expecting that so I don't know maybe just me because I'm a dork and you know also with the editing you know and the scene framing in this movie it's very unique you know what I mean I, I just really liked it um so as they're talking you know the girl's name is Melanie and her dad picks her up in like a cool car and she actually, like, makes fun of him, as we all would at that age of our parents if they're trying to be fucking cool and they're really, really not. <laughs> and 
And the dad is is a really funny character. He's in a bunch of stuff. Chris Wilde, yeah. So many, at least like for my generation, he was in a bunch of stuff. He had his own show. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Joe Dirt, Coyote. Oh, Coyote Ugly, damn. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I just recognize him. He's just a funny, you know, just a funny guy. But it's funny because he's like, he like bought that sports car and he's like trying to be cool. And it's just really silly. And it's then Cole is like walking home and there's like a really funny interaction with a bully that Cole has, you know, while he's trying to just fucking live. (laughs) And this kid's just a brat. And you see like the editing again is so great in this. You see that this bully's bike's name is Cindy. And then all of a sudden B shows up and it's like the best fucking... I don't know, like, almost, like, greatest entrance, you know what I mean? Like, good song, you know what I mean? The boys want to meet her, the girls want to be her. You know, like, it's just really, like, I don't know what song that is, but um, I've, it's a familiar song. But it's just a, a really iconic moment, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure that that was the moment that I also started loving Samara Weaving. <laughs> no, but I feel like after this movie, I was like, wow, like, I don't really like blondes, but, wow, she's really pretty. And, like, she just, like, had a really, like, or she has really striking features. And I just, I really liked her acting in this. It felt very natural. It felt not, like, you know, we've all watched bad movies where the acting is just fucking flat. You know what I mean? Like, this really, I didn't really feel anything flat. It was great. You know, she says, you know, B says something crazy to the lead bully, pops his tire with her key and tells him, you know, get out of here, you little pap smear. You know, it's just really, like, funny. Um, but, yeah, she's, uh, she actually like, whispers something in the area you don't really hear. And he's like, you crazy bitch, or whatever. <laughs> so, and the kids had, like, actually, like, egged his house. And she says to, you know, punch him in the dick or kick him in the dick. You know, anytime, like, somebody's, like, bothering him, she's trying to, like, help him to, like, stand up for himself, which is nice. However... You know, I don't really know if kicking them in the dick is really going to help when there's, like, five of them. But, you know, whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> so he calls her a Protestant instead of a prostitute because he says, like, I have to pay you to hang out with me. Like, and he says, like, he just uses the wrong fucking word because he's, like, 12 or something or 14. And um, really funny. And you can tell that, you know, in this, like, quick little scene that they have a bond and he totally has a crush on her, of course. He tells her they are taking his treehouse down, and then when she pulls up to his house, you see the boards on the sidewalk in front of his house. She drops him off, and he finds his mom under the house, setting spider traps or mouse, because there's definitely both under that house. So it's like a cute little um, interaction that they have, and Leslie Bibb plays the mom, who's also in Trick or Treat, and a bunch of other stuff I'm not going to name. And, you know, they also have really good interactions and the dialogue in this is great and the banter is you know feels authentic you know what I mean it's 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 a really great you know little small glimpse into how you know how this family interacts and how their dynamic is and all that kind of stuff so I think it's you know you don't need you know 20 minute or 10 minute scenes to get a feel for the relationships between you know families but you know I I feel like there's ways to do it in these little things. You know what I mean? In, in these little scenes. So the next scene is uh, his Cole's dad teaching him how to drive. And, you know, Cole's a little scared. And 
starts spitting off as they're like in the car and he's spitting off stats of teens, you know, driving and dying and stuff like that. So it's just really silly. And uh, Ken Marino actually plays the dad. He's from Party Down, you know, Will and Grace and more. But that's what I got right now. Um, That's what I know I'm from. I mean, other stuff, too. But, you know, Uh, his dad asks if his friends make fun of him because he still has a babysitter because he brings up that, you know, they're going away the next day. And Cole says yes, but then they see her, and then they're jealous. <laughs> um, yeah, she's hot. Like, let's be serious. Uh, and uh, his parents are in their room, and his dad is watching Mad Men on the laptop, and his mom's, like, reading in the corner. So Cole um, is, you know, wanting to, like, watch it, and his dad's like, oh, you know, it's grown-up stuff, it's boring, like, you wouldn't get it. And then fucking Cole, like, watches it all night. <laughs> and, like, you know, I don't know. But his mother, before he was watching Mad Men, she had asked him actually to pick up his toys and he did not. And he binged the show and, you know, there we are. So and he was he like didn't get like why it was such a, you know, show that everybody was talking about and wanted to see. And, you know, so he ended up watching the whole thing. It was like, I don't get it. Like, whatever. That was a waste. So then it cuts to the morning and Cole's trying to fix his RC car with a giant knife. And his dad actually puts it in the dishwasher, which is a little weird. Uh, his parents are, you know, packed up and ready to go away, and he's, oh no, sorry, his parents are going away, and this, he's explaining this to the neighbor Melanie, sorry, and Melanie says that, you know, they actually go away to have sex, uh, haha, and to, like, get away with him, and, you know, and then she says that B actually has sex with guys after she puts Cole to bed, and, like, that's really what happens. And he's just like, you know, what? And she's like, everybody knows that. Like, come on. So then, you know, as they're as he's getting home, like, he sees B actually flirting with a nerdy-looking guy. Um, and he's, you know, it's like a cute little scene. And, you know, har- harmless, innocent, you know, nothing crazy. So, it's you know, it's kind of interesting. It's clearly leading to something. And so we're looking yeah so i guess like this this movie takes place between like thursday friday i think so like thursday was the day he got the shot and friday's the day that his parents are going away and see movies work best in a short little time frame (laughs) so his parents he's cole's now home school's done his parents are getting ready to leave b shows up um and another i made a comment like i love their house there's no white like i think the the stairway's like navy or green or the kitchen's green and the stairway's like a bluish like Oh my God, it's just beautiful. It just feels so much more comfortable. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, it's just, just beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and um, then there's, so like, then his parents leave and tell him, you know, to behave and go to bed not too late and blah, 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 all that stuff. And then, like, as like his parents are like, goodbye, then there's like this really awesome montage of like B and Cole, like, having fun and dancing. And swimming and then designing interface and or intergalactic dream teams while making pizza. Like, it was just, like, so cool. Like, I never had a, a, a babysitter that was that, you know, cool. But I also didn't really have a babysitter at 12. Because my sister was, like, 15 at that point. So she could just watch me. So I didn't really... Uh... But, yeah, overnight, sometimes my mom's friends actually would stay with us um, if my parents were going overnight. Yeah, that was, yeah, one of my mom's, one of the, the teachers at the school stayed with us. That was really funny. She was so fucking cool, though. Yeah, she was just, she was just, I mean, like, we're not bratty, bad kids, you know, me and my sister. So, like, it was easy to, like, just make sure, like, our homework was getting done. And, 
we were eating and bathing and, you know what I mean, going to school. Like, I think, you know, and, and I went to the same school that she worked at. So I think she ended up driving me to and from school just because she didn't mind. Um, yeah, she was cool shit. Anyway, sorry for the tangent. You know, and with that montage, like, it just goes to show, like, the editing and the way that this movie is, you know, assembled is, is just really great. It's just, it's different, you know. You don't have too many movies that... I don't know, like, the, the soundtrack's really good, like, just really fun, really fun. And it, it and it really is cool to see B and Cole's relationship. I feel like that's that was always the treat of the movie anyway, was how they interacted and their little ins and outs and quoting movies and pop culture and things like that. Like, I just, it was just really, just felt really wholesome, you know what I mean? Because it, it was, I don't know, just really sweet. So then, you know... Then they watch a Western outside on a projector TV and act it out with each other and, you know, get silly. And then, you know, they go inside and they have, like, a real talk. And he says, like, he's worried his parents are, you know, getting divorced and that's why they keep going away. And, um, but then, like, she changes the subject to Melanie and, you know, oh, isn't that your girlfriend? Like, but then B says, you know, hey, it's late. But Cole says he's not tired. So she offers him a double shot. And... Um, but he wants her to take it with him when he when she comes back with it. So he, as she goes back in to make one for herself, the door there's like a a swing door in the kitchen. Um, she he dumps his shot into the plant and pretends to like take it as she's walking in with hers. So then B just does hers alone. Uh, Melanie and Cole are so Cole goes up to his room and him and Melanie are facetiming, but he hangs up as B comes in to tuck him in. He chats with Melanie again. And she suggests B is having an orgy, and Cole Googles it and is pretty shocked. So he decides to spy on her. So then it's another cool scene, really great editing. Like I said, those little, like, title card situations of just making the movie just a little more fun, and it explains, like, everybody's name. So um, they're they're playing Spin the Bottle, and as the bottle hits a person, it, like, puts their name and, like, puts them in, like, a you know a funny or cool like picture and like it's it's just i don't know like i said it's just a fun movie it lands on b the bottle does and she picks dare and has to kiss everyone in the circle the nerdy kid from earlier is also in this circle as b and she as she kisses everybody which is also its own little fun scenes um as she gets to him he's very nervous she does ease him and kisses him and as he is in a daze from this, you then see her hold up two huge knives above his head and stab him in the head and the brain. Cole sees everything because he's, you know, just sitting at the top of the stairs like, holy crap. You know what I mean? And, the, and then there's another opportunity for a fun little title card. And, and as, you know, you see his face like shocked. It's like, what the fuck? Like, just really awesome. It's really, really great. Um, and then we quickly realize that this is for a ritual. And this guy that they've stabbed is fulfilling a great purpose. It's a comical scene, honestly. Like, it, you know, he like, when they pull the knives out, um, they're trying to collect the blood. And apparently this is all for them to get what they want by doing this. And you see them all interact with each other. And it's like a really funny scene. There's a lot of really great actors who play, you know, in this uh, little group that B has. And I, I really feel like I, I wish that what happens in a little bit doesn't happen to all of them because I would have loved to see another movie with all of them. You know what I mean? Like, this was this was really fun. Yeah, and the other thing about this is that there's a lot of nicely timed comedy in this movie. 
it moves. You know, you're not really bored. There's you're kind of laughing throughout. You know what I mean? There's always a chuckle, you know, a couple chuckles in the scenes and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot of movies that are also quoted in this movie. So I thought that was kind of fun. And then B brings out this really old book, which explains how to do and perform the ritual. They need to get the blood of the innocent upstairs, meaning from Cole. So he rushes to his room and calls 911 as he hears them talking about this. He grabs a pocket knife and thinks of escaping. Um, but then they hear, but then he hears them and he pretends to be asleep, lays in bed, and they come in, they draw his blood, but B notices that the window's open when it wasn't earlier. He gets his blood taken without freaking out, and, you know, he did have the needle there, so that was really good job, Cole. <laughs> um, so then B explains that they can't kill him because then they may need more later, so it's better to keep him alive and just drug him. So apparently that shot was drugged. Um, he tries... So then they leave, and then he tries to, like, tie the sheet and, like, climb out his window and escape. But it's really not long enough, and B ends up catching him. Cole passes out when he, like, stands up really fast, you know, as she's in the room. And then we end up at this scene. He wakes up, and he's also tied up. But one of the guys uh, that's with them, and he's very hot. And he's, like, with his shirt on, and it's, like, it's really funny. And it's, like, his first, Cole's first question when he wakes up is, like, why is he shirtless? Like, it's a funny little, like, what do you mean why? Like, you look at him. Like, it's a really funny, like, it's really funny because he really does have a nice body. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so B makes him eat a cookie, and because he fainted, so she knew, you know, he had low blood sugar, so he needed to, so he could feel better. But she knew that, you know, he didn't take the shot. One of the other girls is actually feeding him the pieces of the cookie, like, awkwardly. And then she's questioning. She's trying to question him why he's awake. You know what I mean? She's like, what happened? Like, what do you mean? And she's trying to, like, get him to admit what he was up to. And he's, like, trying to say he's going to go smoke in the woods. And then there's another funny scene of everybody being like, I want to smoke weed. Why didn't you ask me? Like, I want to come smoke with you. Like, it was re- it's a really funny. So then she finds out, you know, sh- he didn't take the shot. And admits it that it was drugged. And then he pulls out his pocket knife from behind him and he tries to, like, free his hands that are tied. And it's another funny, like, title card, like, pocket knife scene, you know. And then they can see that he's cutting the rope because there's a mirror behind him. So they can, like, see him, like, trying to get his hands free. And he's trying to tell them, like, he's not going to tell anybody that they needed his blood for an orgy. And that's another funny, like, little misuse of what's really going on. And he doesn't really even know what he's even talking about at this point. B tries to convince him that the blood was for a science experiment. But then all of a sudden the cops, like the lights are coming and you can hear them coming and the cops are coming and show up at the house. More chaos ensues. And somehow a cop is impaled in the eye by a pie, by a fire poker, by the shirtless guy. So it's like javelin throw to the fucking face. Um, and then the cheerleader girl is shot in the boob by the other cop. So it's like a chaotic, like, 30-second scene of these things happening. Uh, B slashes the cop's throat in a pretty funny scene, and the shirtless guy pulls the fire poker out of the guy's head. Like, literally, like, rips his, like, the yeah. It was a pretty, like, for a funny movie, this movie is pretty gory, and, yeah, I'm not mad. Not mad. Um, so then, you know, the cop's radio is going off, and Cole knows the cop codes, 
and B knows that he knows. And she asks him, you know, what the code for all clear is. And she knows when he lies, so she really makes sure he tells her. And the code is 10-4. And then she asks, you know, what the code is for them to, like, you know, to tell them that they're going to go take a break, and it's code 7. So the shirtless guy repeats it to the scanner, uh, to, like, the scanner thing. I'm, like, losing my train of thought. Um, He repeats it into the radio and, you know, tells the other cops that they're fine and whatever. So the girl that got shot in the boob wakes up because she had, like, kind of passed out and is, like, freaking out. Another kind of, like, funny scene. Um, They can't call the ambulance because then, like, you know, they're all going to probably get in trouble and, you know, whatever. So um, Cole eventually does get free, runs upstairs, and one of them follows him but trips on the toy that he was supposed to clean up earlier, falls off the railing at the top of, like, two to three flights of stairs, and gets impaled by a pointy award as he falls down to the ground. So he did. Um, so, yeah, and then shirtless guy is coming for him. So, again, tries to come out the window, but the sheet is way too short. Shirtless guy catches up with Cole, but Cole's already, like, trying to climb down. So he's, like, in at the top of the, the sheets in Cole's room, like, out the window. And Cole jumps down from the, like, grasping the sheets, which is pretty far. And he definitely has the wind knocked out of him. Cole hides in the garage and finds the dead nerd in there. And he's a little nervous, obviously. Grabs screwdriver, lighter, and a firework. So got some supplies ready to go. Goes under the house where his mom was earlier to hide. And he have to like he has to like unscrew the screen off to like get under there. And he does place it back. The screen. There's so many spiders down there. I would not be okay doing this scene. I would, even if they're fake, I don't give a fuck. I I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. It seems pretty dark down there. Like mm 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 mm. So one of the other girls ends up coming, um, going in, and this is actually the girl who's in Pitch Perfect who like could barely like sing. So I love her. She's really funny. Not barely sing, but she could. She was like not projecting her voice very loud. She was really quiet. So it's funny to see her in this movie. Like be way more vocal you know what I mean um so she like you know crawls under the the house to go find him but he's like hiding under a sheet like in the back and you know she's trying to find him and it's a it's a pretty tense scene so she she thinks he's not in there and she starts to kind of like walk out and she looked for a bit but then he flicks a giant spider off the blanket that he could see and then it sets off um he just set, flicks off a giant spider off of, like, the blanket that he was on, and it, you know, sets off a trap, and then she goes back to go get him, because she's like, oh, you are here, here we go. So then he lights the firework, and it shoots past her, but she catches her hands on some traps, and he somehow is able to, like, get out, you know, before she can, and, out of the crawl space, and... He uses, he uses the drill to, like, seal her back in, which is fucking wild with that screen that was there. And then he, there's a, there's bug spray near him and he sprays it at her so that it catches fire and explodes because the firework was right there. It was fucking crazy. She exclaims, still alive, motherfucker!" And then the firework exploded again. Um, so it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, another giant explosion. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. 
shirtless guy is like slow clapping around him. It's just, it's just like I said, it's just a funny like little fucking and asked if he blew up Sonia, who was the one that was down there and asked how he did it. And Cole's, you know, pretty honest. And then there's a little chase scene and he remembers, you know, what B said about kicking people in the dick. And he tries to do that with shirtless guy, but misses. And then he shirtless guy does try to choke Cole, but then they hear something and then he stops and it's actually the bully. And he's egging the fucking house again. Like, great. So shirtless guy makes Cole go confront him. And he does. And he tries to trick the bully, but in an attempt to ask for help. Of course, the bully doesn't even believe him and is just a big dick and just is like, fuck you, whatever. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to help you. Shirtless guy gives Cole a running start because um, then the, guy, the, the, the bully leaves and doesn't let Cole, like, leave with him. I guess shirtless guy was ready to... Oh, he feels, well, he's not ready. He was feeling bad for Cole, and that's why he was going to give him the running start. <laughs> kind of feels bad. Anyway, um, so Cole climbs up the ladder to the treehouse, but as you remember before, it's not really put together. It's being taken down, and he tries to make it so shirtless guy actually can't come up after him. He's taking down part of the ladder, you know, certain rungs and things like that. Um, it's definitely like a cat, a cat and mouse situation. It's dark outside. You don't really know like where shirtless guy's at now. And somehow he ends up climbing up and surprises Cole. He feels bad because the bully cracked eggs over Cole's face. So he wipes, (laughs) he wipes, you know, a little bit off and it's all over his palms. It's just just gross and just slippery and nasty. So the trails for Blake's Blake's breaks under shirtless guy and he semi falls through and ends up out of the house and his hands can't grab a branch that he like had fallen near and somehow he ends up entangled in a rope he he climbed up with and it ends up like hanging him so like there was a rope behind him and Cole didn't really think that he would have been able to climb it because I don't think there was knots in it so he was like yeah he ain't climbing up that thing and of course he fucking did so now it's just B and Cole left so now B is shooting at Cole with the rifle from the cop car and he runs to his neighbors and he goes, so, so he's going to Melanie's and her dad is out. So she's by herself. Melanie's house. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Said like 50 times. Um, she tries to hide him in her house, but B comes in looking for him because she doesn't lock the door. They almost get found. It's another like semi-intense scene that's, you know, lightened a little bit. And, you know, B leaves and Cole and Melanie hide in the bathroom. It's a cute moment between them and they kiss and it's just, you know, really cute, innocent. He runs out of the house to get B to follow him, but it's so dark in his house and he's, you know, trying to walk around and figure out what's going on. He sees, he sees the cheerleader passed out on a chair and, you know, because of her gunshot wound, he's like, maybe she's dead. Like, I don't know. But then in another like quick flash, she's not in the chair. So like you see her and then you don't. So kind of (laughs) silly. No, kind of creepy. No. Um, (laughs) But then you see um, that Cole goes he, to go grab the book, and but then he's attacked by the cheerleader before he can get to it. He punches her, like, rapidly in the boobs. It's like a f- another funny little, like, light scene to, like, you know, elevate the moment. But then, you know, 
she kind of like says she only wanted to do the ritual to get what she wanted and you know but she got shot in the boob it's like just like a funny little like i thought bella thorne was actually like really you know good in this you know she wanted to be a journalist and cole was convincing her she'd you know she'd be good at it you know like he's it's just like really funny he's like you're still hot like you know and she knows he's lying and then she attacks him and he tries to find the knife from earlier that his dad had put in the dishwasher but then it's a flashback of his mom giving his dad a handy but neither of them are like into it or like looking at each other or like she's reading he's watching tv or something like it's silly um and then she asks if he put the knife in the dishwasher and how it doesn't belong there like it's just like a funny little like so it was in the butcher block so then you realize flashback to reality cheerleader has the 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 cheerleader has the knife and as she tries to come after him with it b ends up like shooting you know blowing off her head essentially and then and she's like holy shit that was so graphic like (laughs) it's like a perfect that's like fucking something i would say you know what i mean and then b finds out everyone is dead and she needs to skip town again and then you kind of realize like wait a second and then he he grabs the book and threatens to burn it you know he spoils mad men for her you know it's it's a pretty like you know crazy scene that they have together and it's it's I feel like it's it's almost like a turning point to, like, realizing that, like, not everybody that's older than you is great. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's, you know, I don't know. You also never know people's intentions. So, anyway. So, he asks why, you know, they needed the blood. And she explains. She says she used to be small and scared. And, you know, so she's definitely done this before. And he's like, wait, what? And I feel like that's the prequel I want. Is like how this all started, how she got that book. Huh? I'd take that. Come on, Samara. I'm just kidding. Um, so he feels he was used and the relationship was a sham because he's, you know, he's young and he doesn't understand. I mean, it probably was. She says she chooses him and that's why she, you know, shot the cheerleader. And that's why, like, you know, and, uh, you know, she said, like, you know, we can find someone else. You can come with me. And she tries to convince Cole to say that, you know, to get out of this together, that they could say they were attacked and that they were, you know, defending themselves and, you know, nothing about her actually being involved. So she tries to convince him he'll never be afraid again. It's like all this, you know, kind of like, oh, but this is great. Come on. And he has a plan, though, and he burns the book and runs out of the house and she's trying to, like, put it out. She's freaking out. And it's this awesome, like, We Are the Champions song in the background. And it's a great monta- edited montage, again, of Cole being picked on and, like, everything that's been going on and, you know, how his parents are like, come on, like, you got this. Like, we can, you know, y- you can be a man. You can, you know, own up to any, you know, whatever. I wrote something that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, as you see, he's running towards Melanie's house and... You know, this the song is really picking up. Um, literally perfect. And as it's like we are the champions, it's like he's stealing Melanie's dad's cool car. He drives it off the like the the his remnants of his treehouse creates like some kind of like ramp and he like is able to like use that to like you know, fly into the his own house essentially to kill B. <laughs> And, you know, it's a it's a pretty fun, awesome scene. Like, I, I definitely really liked it. You know, Cole gets out of the car and sees B injured on the ground. And they have, you know, a pretty cute final moment together. She didn't see it coming with the car in the house. <laughs> um, 
she says he never told her about his intergalactic team and Cole's like, you never asked. And, you know, he says who he wants and um, adds the two of them. And she's like, I didn't know we could add ourselves. So it's kind of like a, you know, he's like science fiction. You can do anything. And, you know, he tells her they loved her. He doesn't care about the book or the cults. Like, you know, and he's like, you know, you're the big bad. And he knew that he had to go against her. So it was kind of like a, you know, he loved her and betrayed her. It's this whole, like, goodbye moment. And he, like, walks away. And she's just kind of, like, laying on the ground. And she closes her eyes. And emergency services are on their way as, you know, his parents are coming to. And Melanie's dad gets there first. And he's, you know, pissed about the car. And Melanie thought he was leaving. And her dad um, was telling her to, like, stay away from Cole and to, like, come to him. And... You know, he's pissed about the car. I think I said that. And then she kisses Cole and and her dad, you know, mocks her. He's like, did you kiss him? Did you? Like, it was just like, a. it's a cute scene. Um, and then the bully ends up, like, coming back and is shocked that Cole actually wasn't lying. And it seems like maybe, you know, he won't be bullied anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then his parents finally get there and they actually run over Cindy, the bully's bike. So it's kind of like a funny little scene and his parents arrive and try to ask him what happened. And he says he doesn't need a babysitter anymore. Credits. So another good song at the end of the movie, but there is, you know, a mid scene or a mid credit scene. There we go. I said it right. And if you, cause of Netflix, thankfully they don't stop the credits until they know there's no post credit scene. So if you didn't know this, if you're watching something on Netflix and immediately it starts like popping stuff on the bottom for like you to watch next, there's no credit scenes or anything like that. But in The Babysitter, there is like a mid credit one, like not even mid. It's like right before they go to the black screen and you find out B ain't dead. And, you know, it's a scene where a medic is in the house trying to look for her and she attacks him out of nowhere. That's a good ending. <laughs> so that's how, you know, then there's the sequel, which I actually only watched once, but um, I have kind of wanted to revisit it. Re- yeah, revisit it. And because uh, like Jenna Ortega's in it and Melanie, the neighbor's in it, the guy who plays Cole's in it. And but like the only thing I thought was kind of cheap was like Samara Weaving was in it for like a minute. I was like, well, that's stupid. She fucking survived the last movie. Fuck. I thought she would have. Then the star. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. So that's the only thing I didn't like love, love about it. But fun fact, um, it got announced, I think, in October that this was going to get a 4K release. And I was excited. And then I never, I never saw who was releasing it. And apparently it's this like 500 follower account that's releasing it. Yeah, I said it. And their website said they sold out immediately, like when they put it out in October. I was like, so that's it. And it's mid month and I don't know if anybody's gotten their orders yet. So I'm very curious to see if people get it and what it looks like because I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, like I said, I'm not saying like your followers matter, but like if you're a DVD and Blu-ray distributor or 4k, you know, physical media distributor, how did you, I don't know, like, I, I'm just curious how this happened. Like, how are you the distributor? You know what I mean? Like, how did, how did this happen? This account didn't really look like they, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll see what happens. But I'm just kind of pissed that it's not, like, not that it needed to be, like, Arrow, but it could have been, like, fucking Umbrella. 
You know what I mean? And we could have got, you know, not 2,000 fucking copies. Like, I stop doing physical media like that. Especially if it's not going to be, like, a special edition or... Like, this was just a fucking 4K of the same artwork that we've all seen. It's not Steelbook. So, anyway. Can you tell I'm better? Because I am. <laughs> no, I just wanted a physical copy. Just so I didn't have to fucking stream it. Like, I don't know. But I guess I still will stream it for now. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. So... Hopefully you guys like the movie too. I feel like this movie doesn't get talked about enough. And, you know, if we're going to talk about horror comedies, I feel like you can't forget about this one. You have to include it because it, for me, ticks off a lot of boxes. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so much about this movie that I, I feel like lots of people can enjoy. And it's not just for horror lovers. You know, the, like I said, the dialogue, I thought the set design was really great. I really felt that the acting was great. The relationships between each character and the way they talk to each other just really felt authentic. And it felt like, you know, this wasn't a movie. You know, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel real. I mean, it's not all the time. But, you know, I feel like in horror, sometimes acting isn't, isn't number one. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. It's not all movies, but it is some movies that you're like, that could have been a little bit better. Just a little. Not that I'm an actor or a fucking professional or an expert on acting. <laughs> Just a lowly podcaster. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, that movie's pretty quick. I feel like it's barely under an hour and a half. So, And I flew through a bunch of funny scenes because I, I feel like I would talk about, you know, him punching on the boobs or... When he's talking, when she gets shot in the boob and the guy's like, how do you, he's like motorboating titties and he's like, Brrr, and he's like doing that whole thing. It's just really like, it's just really silly. It just breaks up some of that, you know, tense, um, you know, tenseness in the scene at times. And, you know, I don't know. Um, but yes, I appreciate all of you for sticking by in this journey as always. If you could do me a favor when you're done listening, if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, I would greatly appreciate that because that is seriously one of the only ways for my podcast to get recommended on each streaming platform. So if I don't get reviews, it's not going to, you know, recommend this to other people. So I really need you guys' help. I, I'm not going to lie and write up reviews. So be honest, you know, tell me what you like and don't like or if you want to see some more stuff or shoot me a message, you know, that always is nice too. But, you know, hopefully we will be doing some more fun stuff in a few weeks. And, you know, as always, good night, kids.